Well, good morning and welcome to the Gym Owners Fitness Business Podcast. Today, I'm speaking to the man who instigated this podcast back in June 2017. If you go to his Facebook page and click about who he is and what he stands for, you'll read the following words. A simple life dedicated to leaving the world a little better than he found it. Also, the guy in the gym world, writer of many books, speaker of a few hundred thousand dedicated souls through the years on fitness business. And as the years have passed, he's been a a personal business and life coach to many of the best and brightest in the fitness industry. He's just trying to do his part to save the gym world one gym at a time. He says that the hardest question in life when asked is what has it meant to be you for the last 10 years? He works every day in the hope he can make a difference, leave the world better than he found it and change a few lives because he cared when perhaps others didn't. His purpose is to serve and help others be the best they can be in business and life. Welcome to the podcast and good morning, Thomas Plummer. (laughs) <laughs> Thanks, Mel. I can't believe it's been two years already. It seems like we just did that. We just sat and had a glass of wine and talked about, hey, maybe you should do this podcast thing. And it seemed like an hour and a half ago. It's just been a fast two years. Congratulations. It's a, it's a huge success. I'm really proud of everything you've done with it. Thanks, Tom. And, you know, like we're at the 100th episode and I still tell the story, you know, when people said, yeah. Oh, like Thomas said, you know, you've got to do a, po- a podcast. I'm like, I'm a group fitness instructor. How am I going to speak to this blank screen? But here we are, 100 episodes later. So thank you for pushing me out of my comfort zone. I just, um, I'm loving every minute of it and I have you to thank for it. Oh, my pleasure. So what are we talking about today? I, Give me, I'm all excited to talk to uh, everybody in Australia again. So bring it on. Let's do this. Awesome. All right. So let's go right back to our very third, uh, first podcast series. And remember back in, in 2017, we spoke about, you know, what was going on in the industry and where where we saw the future. So how much has the fitness business industry changed in the last two years? And what are gym operators doing different? It's it's everything we talked about came true, maybe times 10. The uh, in that time period, we were talking about uh, the the just crazy growth in the industry in Australia, still in the States. uh, The UK is under siege from the the new training gyms. And uh, it's come to pass the new the training centric gym, that small neighborhood thing in that uh, 3,000 to 6,000 square feet, that 300 to 600 meter gym, it's just on fire. And it's it's there. We were talking about at that time, uh, just a few years before you started the podcast, I remember standing in at the Phylex show talking about I betting that the entire market over there would double within five years. And it did. And it's just, it's incredible the amount of growth out there. Um, and it's evolving just more radically. The the people that are in the mainstream are kind of stepping to one side. The people that are bringing these really service-driven results-centric businesses are just, it's their time, their place, and they're they're on fire all around the world right now. 
I mean, you're absolutely right. The fitness industry here in Australia has definitely doubled in the last five years. I mean, not only, you know, I think there's something like over 5,000 clubs here now. And in terms of fitness business professionals, I mean, they're on every corner now opening up their own small boutiques or they're coaching people. That leads me into uh, another question about boutiques. Now, boutiques are popping up everywhere in the USA and UK. Every time I, I turn social media on in the morning, there's a new franchise or there's new content in in programming. Now, the last time we spoke, Tom, you predicted that the UK was going to explode. And I have to say that I am constantly getting emails from PR people wanting me to podcast with people over there who own uh, boutiques. What's your prediction, you know, in regards to boutiques? Do you think they're going to stay on trend for the next five years or so? Or do you think we're going to see decline in the usage and a return to larger commercial clubs who are going to offer boutique training? The, the term itself, boutique, is um, actually quite a negative, and, and that's evolving. The people that run these training gyms, that they really are getting results. They have team training, one-on-one, small group, maybe limits of four people, boxing, cycle, these are the more serious gyms, and the owners, that whole class of them, just hates the term boutique. They're training gyms, and they are a true alternative. The guys caught in the middle that probably would reach that are the little bar studios and the little mind-body places and things like that that are boutiques. They're kind of cute and warm and fuzzy, and <laughs> they kind of fill a little void. Uh, those gyms suffer. The, the big picture uh, people have to look at is single methodology always fails, always. If I have one trick, it's going to fail. If I'm a gym that's doing another version, you know, version 32 of CrossFit, where all I do is go around in a circle and it's some kind of some kind of just repetitious thing over and over and over again, no matter what I do every week, it, this uh, the circle may change a little, but it's still it's a single methodology gym. Those fail. The consumer always moves on past those gyms. The multi-layer gyms that have a different um, arena of activities at the team level, uh, such as team training up and down the floor, circuit style training. But um, it's things like that. And it has boxing that has cycle uh, that has, you know, stick mobility, some type of flow pattern, things like that. Restoration, all those things that that fills up one category. But the consumer, if it's a single methodology, it is truly uh, sort of like an F45 style gym. Uh, CrossFit, uh, those things are fading in, in a lot of markets. Do you think uh, you see things like Orange Theory? Those type of gems, they don't tend to last. Yeah, it's quite Go interesting, ahead. isn't it, um, Tom? I mean, let me ask you this question: If you were to to open up um, some type of fitness facility next week, what is the one thing that you would definitely put into that fitness facility that would guarantee you success? Uh, different layers. Just you can't be you just can't rely on one demographic. The team training aspect, uh, like those uh, circuit style places, uh, Orange 3F45, they're 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 all they work with uh, 24 to 40 year old clientele. I mean, probably less than 40. If you look at eight, their target market, which I define as 80 percent of the people in those gyms, if you look at those, they're, they're running 24 to 35, 24 to 36 you're leaving out that 35 to 55 year old person that wants smaller groups will pay more to get in smaller groups will pay more for a master coach and you completely limited the one-on-one client which is 20% of your business 
So I think the biggest thing I would do is do layers and chase those three demographics and chase them separately, uh, separate marketing programs, separate activities, separate type of coaching. You know, that, that small group in one-on-one, those are my elite clients. I'm going to, I'm going to treat them as elite, call them elite. And I'm still going to have the team training, but I'm not going to have one activity at the team. I'm going to have multiple layers there. So, all right. So I often go out to, to club owners and I say to them, look, you've got at least four, a minimum of four business models under your roof and you need to treat each of those business models differently and you need to market to them differently. Do you think that club owners are not getting enough education when it comes to their business? Do you think we're lacking um, in, in great fitness business coaches? They the 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 point there i, I want to go back just to where you started that sentence because it's important is that the, the a lot of the gyms they look at uh they confuse activities with demographics so if i have you know it's like the big the, the big gyms and that question we kind of skipped over a while ago will the chains be back no they're too expensive to build so they just they think an activity so i'll do a f45 style gym in the back of my big box and therefore i've got the same thing it's not the training. It's not the tools. It's the delivery system. They just can't deliver training. Nobody goes to a giant box gym and pays 39 pounds a month or $39 a month to, and then goes in there and wants $150 an hour trainer. It just doesn't work that way. So they confuse tools with, with demographics. So you have to you, you target a demographic and then you use a multiple level of tools to keep that demographic, that demographic successful. So when you go and talk to these little gems, oh, yeah, yeah, well, I do this. I knew mind body. I do this circuit training. I do this. They're, they're confused. They're talking about tools, and they should be targeting the client first and using a variety of tools to keep that client staying and paying in their gems. So who does it really well, Tom? If I was to jump on the internet now, who would you say to me, Mel, go seek this person out because they do it awesome? That's it's The, the funniest thing is this used to be – an outlier that first a gym that does a million dollars a year i remember my first time in australia which probably is 10 years ago now talking about the, that the million dollar gym will come and it's it's going to be there it's that and and they are now there's hundreds and hundreds of those all around the the world that are doing a million dollars gross revenue in a you know a 600 meter box it's incredible what's happened that uh, that that growth has occurred so the the growth that we see it is really coming from there, and that's the type of gym we're modeling. And then who's doing that? Jeez, uh, uh, who, who isn't? Uh, probably the, the number one training gym in all of the UK is a guy named Jean-Claude Bacchuson. He's got 3,700 square feet. He's down around where the, the movie with Julia Roberts was filmed in the, you know, Notting Hill. He's right around the corner from that, that, the house where they lived in and that thing. It's kind of fun. But uh, he's, he's crossed a million dollars in 3,700 square feet. He was the most, he's a, probably per square foot, the most successful training gym in uh, all of the UK. And it's based on multiple level pricing systems. And so he's doing it in the States. Uh, geez, who isn't? Um, Frank Nash, Justin Grinnell, Colin McGarty, some of the regular names people have heard probably in your past cast are doing that but there's a whole new generation of guys like Vince Gabriel um, Greg Drab Greg Drab is one of I think one of the more successful training gyms that nobody's ever heard of he's got uh, 7,000 square feet 
Uh, he he was uh, six years ago doing about six hundred thousand annual revenue, and this year he was up around one point five mil in the same physical plant. He's added a little space in there because he outgrew it. He's up to nine thousand now, or nine hundred meters, but he's he's kicking it. And so the the ability to make and generate a million dollar revenue, you know, that's got that's your big boy, big girl goal in any training centric business. Even even in Oz, it's got to be the same. But Tom, why do they do it better than the guys here back in Australia do it? I mean, where did they get their their foundation to build these great businesses? They it's the one, it is a belief system, but also it's just tools. Uh, when you're the 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 best thing about Australia is one of the most beautiful places in the world. The, the maybe the thing that works against it is it's one of the more isolated places. So most of the coaches over there, there's a lot of inbreeding, so to speak. They go to the shows, they copy each other, they kind of watch what the other guy's doing. But there's not those guys that are breaking through. But in Melbourne, Sydney, Perth, any of the major markets, the the, the fact that could you break through into a million dollar range? Of course you could. Those cities are beautiful. The the markets are perfect. The the density is perfect. The income's perfect. There's neighborhoods that make that money. It's just the they're just a few years behind the curve. And I think you're going to start seeing that in the next couple of years, 2020, 2021. I think you're going to see those first generation of guys breaking a million dollars in the training gym over there. And uh, I'm not so sure Dan Henderson and a few of his guys haven't already done it. But there's some great guys over there that are doing it or preparing to do it. And I think it's going to come. They're just a couple of years behind the learning curve, but it's coming. Yeah, Dan Henderson's doing some phenomenal stuff at the moment, both him and Tarek. So I've got to give them a pat on the back for that. I'm loving what they're putting out there on social media and they're offering some incredible education. So if you haven't heard of Dan and Tarek, I would definitely be looking those up. Um, Tom, let's talk about educational events. Now, they're absolutely everywhere. Every morning you get up and you're invited to a, to a new event. So, you know, fitness business coaching, it's all over social media. Any thoughts on, you know, on events and fitness business coaches, new people coming into the industry, what should they be looking at? Because the biggest problem I'm seeing at the moment is we're getting a lot of young people, 20 to 26, just throwing their dollars at people who call themselves fitness business coaches or investing in events and then walking away from the events and not having any real strong tools to implement into their business. So what's your advice there for those young guys coming in? The, the social media has allowed everyone to basically write their own book. They'll write a book, self-publish it. The book will be on some aspect of the training. And once they have a book, they throw a seminar and you know invite 20 of their friends who show up. And there's really not a lot of depth to them. And I think a lot of the young owners are getting kind of jaded. They're, they're getting kind of tired of that. And in social media, I, I, I have a hundred and some thousand people that are probably connected through my Facebook. And I, so I see just about everything in the world that's going on. And it's just, it's, it's unbelievable the depth of that right now. Um, and there's a lot of them are just not successful gym owners trying to teach other people their secrets. And so if you're an owner, you have to be very skeptical about it. Anything that sounds magical and it just, oh, if you get these right words, you'll fill your gym. This one little marketing trick will fill your gym. Those are the biggest lies that have ever been told in business. But when you're out there busting your ass 70 hours a week, you're looking for magic. But the gym business is a very difficult business. It can be one of the most financially rewarding of any small business you can own in any country. But that said, it's hard to kind of to, to pay your dues to understand the basic tenets of the business. 
you know, always go back to the infrastructure and how you charge and the layers and what you're trying to accomplish with the different demographics. You know, you, are you targeting the 24 to 40, the 35, 50, the 40 to 65? Do you have separate marketing campaigns set up for them? Everybody wants magic and magic is for sale on social media. The problem is most of it turns out to be just, you know, dust from the closet. It's just, there's nothing to it. And um, most of the mentorships are like that. Most of the educational events are like that. And it's hard, especially hard in Australia to find top tier educational events because just the top speakers in the world just never get invited there. They just, they're not invited and they're not the people that, you know, the people that maybe should be teaching are the ones that just are never kind of, kind of make it over there. It's just, it's a shame. They're going to have to travel. They're probably going to have to come to the States if they want the education. It's going to make a difference. Yeah, and that itself can be quite expensive if you want to get yourself in, you know, to the US or the UK a couple of times a year. I think the biggest problem um, with the events here in Australia is that the organisers aren't willing to pay the big dollars to get the great educators out and therefore our um, fitness community here are missing out on great education. Before I move across to speaking about technology, um, Tom, I just want to ask you a question. Um, Planet Fitness is coming to Australia, you know, the $5 a week or $5 a month, I should say, Jim. How do you think that's going to affect our industry here? There, there's a, a book out that will translate to Australia. It's called 113 Million Markets of One. It's probably the single best business book I've read in a decade. I've talked about it in other webcasts, and I just, it's an amazing book. But it talks about in, in countries like Australia, about one third of the population would be classified as uh, new economic order people. There are people that they'll, they'll pay what they want to pay to buy what they want to buy. And about two thirds of them are the people that, that you know, they'll eat lunch in the cheap uh, drive up shops and they'll, they're, they're people that are always perpetually on a budget. They're looking for the cheapest price. Well, the, the, the gyms like Planet Fitness, they, they, they work with that category. They, people go there because the price is cheap. You don't get any service. They advertise many gyms like that. They're always, there's so many of those cheap gyms over here. Most of them are dirty and most of them don't do a good job. But they burn up one segment of the market. But the training-centric market, as we talked about earlier, as you referred to as the boutique gym, that gym, it, it chases another completely separate one. In fact, having a low price provider like that is the best thing that happens to you because we have an alternative. There is a place for that training person to go and to pay somewhere between 150 to 400 pounds per hour for training. They, they, people want to pay real money, but they need an alternative. And it's not the training, it's how the training is delivered. So you have to create a delivery system where people with money, about one third of the population, will come and spend you know, a couple of hundred dollars, a couple of hundred dollars a month for small group training. They might pay a hundred dollars an hour for one-on-one -on -one training. And there's clients that want to pay it. The trainers are not yet brave enough to start charging for those people, and they should. But no, Planet Fitness, none of those low-cost providers are going to do anything over there but trash the boxes. The big box guys are going to be in a price war. And if they were smart, they'd go the other way and raise prices and increase service and delivery system. But I guarantee most of them will drop the price and, and just declare unfair and go low end. And it's, it's going to disrupt the market, but not the training-centric market. 
Oh, there you go. You heard it from Tom. So it'll be interesting to see what happens 2020 and 21 with uh, Planet Fitness coming to Australia. Tom, let's just talk a little bit on technology. Um, I'm a lover of technology. What are your thoughts? Because you have seen some amazing changes over the last couple of years. So give me your, your thoughts on technology. Well, technology is always, there's two forms. Does it enhance or is it going to be, you know, destruction? And I don't know how, you know, like the Peloton bike, I don't know if that's how big that's caught in Australia, but it's, you know, it's, it, it's this week's, this week's cult thing over here where you're riding in your, you know, in your bedroom and you're staring at your little screen and you're sweating and uh, the, the commercials, they have some woman in a workout bra and she's fabulous shape, you know, and this, <laughs> they always show it the last two minutes where, you know, she's got that crazy sex face on and sweating and, you know, and oh my God, she gets off the bike and the kid hugs her and she's beautiful. Well, that's, they, that's just this year's transition into that. The technology is not going to replace the gym ever because of the group dynamic, the community and the, the people that's in, geez, in my career, that's been that it was the old Bullflex. It was the Nordic track skeeter. It was the first life cycle. It was the home treadmill. Everything was going to destroy the fitness business. Nobody will ever come anymore. But what they don't laugh about on those commercials is the guys riding or guys like me sitting in her underwear, drinking a glass of wine, looking at the little fitness chicks in New York. You know, you're, you know, there's, that's, that's who's really riding those bikes and they ride them for three weeks and then use them to dry their underwear on. You know, they're, they're, <laughs> that, it's, they're, they're not going to catch on. They, 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 they come in, they take a wave of clients up, and then people always come back for a sense of community. And that's what the clubs have to be in Australia. You've got to be that third part in their life. You've got to be the new coffee shop, the, the, new, the new cafe, the pub, the Starbucks. You've got to be that place where people want to hang out. And most gyms are not, they won't do that. They make the gyms too anal. They make them, there's no performance bar where I can stay in and, and do a $6 shake and get a real kick-ass cup of coffee. Most of my clients over here in our new performance bars, we're even building beer taps in. We give away beer on Friday nights in almost all the gyms I work with now. And we have parties and special events. Uh, uh, we have things like, uh, geez, my daughter's gym, Quench Training for Women, is a very successful training gym in the Northeast. Uh, she has cycle, boxing, and beer. So bikes, boxing, and beer on Friday nights. So you box for 20 minutes, you cycle for 20 minutes, and then you drink beer for 20 minutes. And uh, every time she's offered, it's packed. I mean, we, we fill it up. We have 40 seats, and they, they sell up on social media in about two minutes. People want that social dynamic. So you, the, the technology is not going to take that away from us. What trainers have to do is embrace technology to support what we do. Things like MyZone, I think, is one of the best tools that come out in a decade. Uh, it's wonderful. Uh, body scanners. Uh, we use that with the elite clients. We use that as baseline, but elite people getting that type of information. The, that sophisticated client loves that. So tech is going to help what we do, but it's certainly not out there. It's going to replace what we do. They, all it's doing is the, the, the weaker trainers, the coaches with the gyms that I come in, do my session, go home. They have to move to next generation where they understand that, you know, it's about community. It's about delivery system. It's about hanging out. It's about coffee shop, beer. It's about just being part of you know, that. That gym's going to be part of my life, not just a destination. I go home. I have to have the ability to linger there. And home technology just is not there. It's just too isolated. It just doesn't get it done. 
Look, Tom, I totally agree with you. I'm definitely not a lover of um, home technology. I think it's also a negative negative impact for mental health. And I definitely agree with you, you know, on community and groups because that all creates culture and people all want social interaction and it brings them all together, which is what you're doing in the USA today because it's Thanksgiving. Is that not right? Uh, it is. It's our... Uh... Uh, really, in many ways, our biggest holiday of the year. But then with this and Christmas being so close, yeah, it's family time. Everybody's together. It's a uh, time to, in, in this country of gratefulness, you know, being thanks, thankful for everything you have and what you do. So it's a, it's a big family time. It's uh, one of the few times that most people will actually shut down and unwind. It comes on Thursday, so you always have a long weekend. Americans are notorious for never taking days off. They're horrible. And uh, so this is one of those times that just forces everybody to slow down. So it's it's a wonderful time of year, but it's also that time to be grateful. And it's it just it's it's a beautiful time of year here for that. Well, I don't want to hold you um, back from going off and starting your Thanksgiving celebration. So let's end our podcast with this today. Where will Thomas Palmer be in 2020? Any chance of you heading to Australia? And what are you doing in the UK? Uh, well, let's start out with something weird. Uh, <laughs> okay. Anybody, anybody can find uh, all my workshops uh, that I'm doing in the U.S. on a go to performbetter.com, performbetter.com. They handle all my workshops and bookings and all that stuff these days. And under NFBA, we'll have all our events up there and not for probably another week or two, but all the events will be up sometime uh, mid-December. Um, there, anybody that wants to come from Australia can come to any of my events except the speaker school, which is limited to 18 people. But all my regular events, my two-day workshops or business and fitness workshops or customer service, any of that, anybody listening to your podcast, all they have to do is reach out and you can certainly give them my email and they can come as my guest. Anybody that can make it over, come as my guest. I'll, I'll arrange seats for you. Just have them email me as many seats as they can. We're going to be all over the country again next year. They're two-day events. They're normally six, $700. But anybody that's supporting your webcast down there, your podcast mail, I'd be happy to have them as my guest. So we'll start with that big of weirdness. Yeah. Uh, the UK next year, I'm going to be in London in July um, with the uh, IFBA, the International Fitness Business Alliance, uh, Jean-Claude Bacchusson's group. If anybody goes back and forth, I would definitely find that group. It's, it's I think, it's the strongest group in Europe right now. Uh, they do an amazing job. Um, and we may go back uh, there. Last year, I was there four times, did some extra workshops for them. This year, probably once or definitely once, maybe twice. Uh, the Australia, no. We're, I have no plans to come next year. Um the I when I think Phylax changed hands when Nigel would champion left, which I think he was one of the most brilliant promoters I've ever encountered in my career. I'd like to tell him I hope he listens. I'd like to tell him thank you. He just he he has no idea how wonderful that show was when he had it. He really did good work there. But uh the new guys have tried a, a different track. They're kind of shrinking the show, I understand, and not so interested in bringing speakers back from the states anymore or if they do they want you to pay them which is kind of crazy but uh yeah it's so no nothing in australia i'm afraid right now but uh you never know when you might see me somewhere you just never know mel that is so true tom and you never know dan and i might one day collaborate together and get you out for one last show 
<laughs> yeah, it would be the last one. So you move would quickly. Yeah. <laughs> would Although be. I've been threatening to retire for years and years now. So, but uh, I think we're down to that now. So, yeah, you, it would be an honor to work with you and Dan. So we'll see if that actually works someday too. So, but if not, anybody wants to come on over, and uh, especially if we're on the West Coast, pretty easy coming into California and those type of events. But uh, uh, if they want to see some training gyms, the best we have in the country are in the Northeast. So they'd have to come to the other side if they want to visit some gyms. But again, anybody over there, let me know. We'd be happy to uh, um, arrange seats for you. Come as my guest. I'll save you six, $700. If you can pay for the ticket, I'll definitely put you in the workshop. Well, there's some incredible opportunities there, everybody, that Thomas has uh, offered you in 2020. So get across to his workshops. Just check them out on the internet. Uh, Tom, I know you're hanging out to head off and have some time with your family. I really do appreciate you chatting with me today. But more more um, special is the fact that you're celebrating the 100th episode of the Gym Owners Fitness Business Podcast with me. You did instigate the podcast, and I thank you from the bottom of my heart from that. I'm loving everything every minute of it and i can't wait to see you in person thanks mel it's honored to be the one and 100 and though now we're getting closer to my age at the 100 so that's kind of (laughs) weird but uh uh you've done some wonderful work there you're a fresh voice there's a lot of good players in the market but you've certainly found a niche and you found your 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 voice there i'm very proud of the work you've done good job good job thanks tom and you've been part of that growth so i thank you for that Everybody, I'll be dropping Tom's details into the bottom of the podcast. I thank Tom again for his time today. Tom, have an absolutely fantastic Thanksgiving, and I know that we'll be chatting in the next couple of weeks. Thanks, Mel. Thanks, Australia. Hope to see you soon.